Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to Grown Up Kids and Day 19 of Podmas. I'm Katie. And I'm Megan. And today we have a brand new guest. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Very good. good. Excited to have you on board. Thanks for joining us. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to talk over you. Um, (laughs) Thank you for joining us for your first time. So since we haven't had you on the pod yet, we want to get to know your Disney profile a little bit. So how did you get into Disney? Uh, Well, like almost everyone else has said, I... I don't really think you get into Disney. I think you're born into Disney. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I Now, to my memory, my very first movie in the theaters was Aladdin. Oh, that nice. That's a good one. I remember when Raja jumps at the screen, she terrified me. <laughs> uh, also, my, I, would go to, I would spend almost every weekend at my grandma's house, and we'd watch Bambi almost every weekend. Oh, that's cute. That's funny. My grandma wouldn't let me watch Bambi. She <laughs> yeah. thought I couldn't handle how sad She's it was. Like, it's too sad. <laughs> that's cute. Um, so who is your favorite character? Uh, that was a really hard one to think of. I am going to have to go with Cogsworth. Ooh. He's a good one. Uh, mainly because my senior year of high school, my music department did Beauty and the Beast, and that was who I played. Oh, that's fun. And I grew up, ever since then, I've loved the character. I've also loved the bumbling sidekick, and he's kind of the bumbling sidekick to Lumiere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You literally knew the inner workings of him. True. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what is your favorite Disney movie? Again, I would go with Aladdin. First one I ever saw. I love Aladdin. I've kind of, without thinking, have started a whole Aladdin collection isn't it I funny have, how that happens? <laughs> I just recently got in the mail a journal that looks like an Aladdin VHS tape. Oh, oh I've sick. seen those at the Disney parks. Mm-hmm. Those are yeah. cool. They had them at our Disney store here, and they didn't have Aladdin, so I had to go online and buy Aladdin because that's the one I wanted. Yeah. Uh, I also have the Aladdin laser disc. Oh, oh sweet. <laughs> I found it at a Goodwill randomly. Perfect. I... I do that with Winnie the Pooh stuff. I've got the weirdest Winnie the Pooh and Harry Potter. And, like, those are the two. Anything mm-hmm. anything with them on it, I buy. <laughs> yeah, I never even watched a Laserdisc. Have no way to watch a Laserdisc. <laughs> but you own it. But you have but I- it. <laughs> um, so, if you've been to a Disney park, which is your favorite? Uh. So, my favorite park in the States would be Hollywood Studios. And for some reason, I can never think of why I love Tower of Terror. I think that's because it's the first park I ever visited. Mm. My first time to Disney, we went when the band trip, and that was the first park we ended up going to. And so, that was my first interaction with Disney. But I also love Tokyo Disneyland. Oh, jealous. I really want to go there. Yes. uh, We already have a trip my wife my daughter and i to go in 2026 when my daughter's 10 years old that's awesome <laughs> so awesome back, it's been about 10 years since i've been there 
Awesome. That's so cool. We follow, um, when we have time, ha <laughs> funny, uh, to watch YouTube, we follow, we've called them out before, um, Tim Tracker. And Tim and yeah. Tracker. Yeah. I was watching him with my daughter before she went to bed. Oh, oh awesome. perfect. Yeah. So they I went to Tokyo. Tokyo Disney vlogs. They yeah. They were so good. It was yeah, super cool. Watch those. Yeah, they're great. It made me really want to go there. Not that I didn't want it before, but it, like, really made me want to go. <laughs> yeah. I would love to visit every single Disney park. That's yes. definitely a bucket list item. It's going to happen. We're halfway there. We are. But the other ones are really, really, really far. Away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One day. Um, all right. I've been to Disneyland, though, so I, oh, it's really? funny. I've been to Tokyo Disneyland, but never. Right. <laughs> Disneyland's amazing. You have mm-hmm. to get out there. It just, like, you know that Walt touched it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, what is your favorite Disney memory? So, this one has already been shared. Uh, so, I, it was when I proposed to my wife. That's right. So, long story short, she had no idea it was coming. We even went to Ceren- Cinderella's Royal Table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Friends of ours, we were a bunch of teachers who road tripped down there. So, we thought, hey, this will be cool. We'll go back to our hotel get dressed in the fancy clothes. She thought we were just doing it for Cinderella's Royal Table. And we went to Cinderella's Royal Table and actually wearing our my nice suit and tie riding Haunted Mansion was pretty cool. Oh, that's Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then proposed to her during the fireworks. Um, I had a ring box. It was so, I was so sweaty from the heat and the nervousness. And it was so humid that I couldn't get it open. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's a memory. <laughs> now it's a memory. It is crazy humid down there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cute. I love it. <clears throat> yeah. So today we're going to be discussing Babes in Toyland, which is a little bit of a different film than we've really seen before. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, Very holiday-esque. Kind of. Less holiday-esque than I thought or imagined. <laughs> well, probably because what you said you saw it a long time ago, so you probably focused on the just toys. Like, the toys and the toy soldiers, and mm-hmm. then it's snowing at the end. I'm like, oh, it's a Christmas movie. Great. <laughs> <laughs> when it's, like, really not. And I said that to my mom today, too. I'm like, yeah, we're watching Babes in Toyland. I have to drink hot cocoa when I watch it because, like, it's a Christmas movie. And she's like, no, it's not. And I'm like, yes, it is, Mom. I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, okay, you think what you want. All right. Yes. So, I mentioned this to you earlier, how this was not the Babes of Toyland I remember. Yes. <laughs> that, the one I remember from the 80s with um, with Keanu Reeves, that was a Christmas movie. So Maybe I have seen it then. Yeah. Maybe you're going to come up. Because it starts out, they're in Christmas, and they're singing a song about Cincinnati, because that's where it takes place. And then they get in a car, rash and it, car crash and end up in Toyland. Huh. That sounds really familiar. So, <laughs> like a completely different because barnaby one of the characters is in it but he's trying to marry drew barrymore who is the babes but it's not like mary contrary who is already in toyland she fell into toyland kind of like wizard of oz i think i've seen both and you just kind of because yeah and i think i just mixed them together because i definitely remember this version but i also meshed it together as a christmas movie So, yep, that's confusing. (laughs) So, okay, so it's time for the 30-second Disney Dash. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, it's fresh in your mind. Sort of. (laughs) On your mark, get set, go. So we have Mary and Tom who are going to get married. 
but then the uh, Barnaby wants to marry Mary, so then he has Tom get captured, then he gets sold to gypsies, and then the gypsies come back just in time to crash the wedding, and then Tom is there, surprise, he steals Mary back, but then they have to go into a forest, because the sheep are gone, and then they find the kids, and then uh, uh, all heck breaks loose, and then they get married. <laughs> oh my god. Leave out the I'm end. Like, that's okay. I'm like, oh shoot! I like totally. Oh, what about Toyland? Yeah, they went to Toyland. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep, babes in Toyland. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's 27 seconds. Okay, that was bad. <laughs> that was a bad one. It's okay. We still love you. All right, Jeff. Do you want to go next? Yeah, I'll get it over with. Yep. <laughs> then you won't be nervous anymore. Mm-hmm. All right, on your mark, get set, go. American Cherry and Tom Piper are preparing for their wedding day, but Barnaby wants Mary for himself. He hires men to kill Tom, but they sell him to the gypsies instead. Barnaby shows up to offer to marry her from a forged letter that Tom wrote. Barnaby hires the gypsies that bought, brought Tom to perform, and Tom is reunited with Mary. Mary's sheep have gone into the forest of no return. Tom and Mary have to go and rescue the children who are captured by trees. The trees won't let them leave, instead stating that they must stay with the toy maker. They are hired to help the toy maker build toys. The assistant then invents a shrinking ray that is stolen by Barnaby. Everyone is shrunk. There is a fight scene with wooden soldiers. Barnaby is defeated. An antidote for shrinking is made. Uh, Tom- no. <laughs> My last two words were the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so, so like you were like literally right at thirty seconds. Yeah, in. yeah, that was good. Kudos to you. We've had a we've had to buzz a lot of people out during Podmas. Yeah, so- you're not alone. You're part of the Buzz Club, but but not really. It's gonna be really close when the little thing plays over. And you yeah. did a really good job. So. Yeah. That Better was a, than the six seconds it was originally. Right. <laughs> that was a really good summary, though. So It was. Lots of detail. Mine's not going to be like that at all, <laughs> because I didn't have time to prepare it. So. All right. Well, are you ready? No. Go. Mary Contrary and Tom Piper are supposed to get married, but then uh, Barnaby captures Tom and the sheep, and Mary thinks he's dead, and then they have to go on an adventure into the forest and Toyland, and Tom's there again, forgot to mention that, and then there's a shrink ray, and lots of singing, and I can't remember the rest of it. <laughs> I just that. Still going? No, I said I can't remember the rest of it. That was my end. <laughs> 24 seconds. No, it was terrible. I it swear really I know what like happened, 20. but whew. You forgot about, like, basically all of Toyland, too, like me. I said they went to Toyland. Yeah, but what about the battle? And I was running out of time. The shrink ray, and then the ray that makes them not shrink. Oh, yeah, Tommy Kirk. Tommy Kirk is there again. I mean, yeah. I forgot yeah. all about that, too, when I was doing mine, so it's okay. <sighs> We're going to learn all about it now. All right. <laughs> the, some history on Babes in Toyland. It is a, okay, it says here it's a Christmas musical film. (laughs) 1961 Christmas musical film directed by Jack Donahue and distributed by Buena Vista Distribution. We have Ray Bolger, 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 as Barnaby, Annette Funicello as Mary Contrary, Tommy Sands as Tom Piper, and Ed Wynn, or the Mad Hatter, as the Toymaker. Mm-hmm. Um, it is based on an operetta from 1903 by Victor Herbert, and it is also called Babes in Toyland. 
Um, there had also been a film in 1934 titled Babes in Toyland and three television adaptions prior to the Disney film. But Disney's was only the second film version of the operetta released to movie theaters and the first in color. Ooh. So, the plot, in some cases the music, bear little resemblance to the original, as Disney had most of the lyrics rewritten and some of the song tempos drastically changed, including the memorable song Toyland. It's the best one. Yep. So it's a slow ballad, which was sped up with only the chorus sung in a march-like rhythm. Mm -hmm. Didn't know that came... As soon as I started humming it, or it was the beginning of the movie when it played, Katie was like, that song is from this movie? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, yeah, it's literally called Babes in Toyland. Oh, it's called Toyland, actually. I was wrong. But still. I had no idea, and I, like, just heard that on the radio because it's Christmas time. Like, the other day. Yeah. You know? I'm wheezing. <laughs> it sounded like you were like, ah! <laughs> I don't know what that is. I hope it picked it up. <sighs> okay. Disney first announced that the film would be made as an animated feature in 1955, but eventually they turned it into the studio's first live action musical. Walt said that he wanted to create a film of the standard of The Wizard of Oz. It reminded me a lot of The Wizard of Oz. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, when I saw that it was supposed to be off of The Wizard of Oz, I wonder if that's why he hired Ray Bolger. Because Ray Bolger played the Scarecrow. Possibly. Oh, that's right. He did look familiar. That's right. And yeah. I got down, like, a Wikipedia hole that oh, I yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and started researching Ray Bolger. And, I mean, they said this is the first time he's ever played the villain in a film. Hmm. Yes. Yes. He did a good job at it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good point, though. He does do stuff like that, so it would make sense that that would be why he asked him to come back. Hey, uh, to I, come on. I want this movie to be like a movie you were in. Come, come <laughs> be on my in movie. <laughs> um, so when it was released in time for Christmas on December 14th of 1961, Z- Babes in Toyland was actually a flop, and the studio would not attempt another live-action musical until Mary Poppins... But that really wasn't that much. Like three years. <laughs> it was like only three years later they tried again. But um, but yeah, it didn't do well in theaters. Well, I would say that Mary Poppins is a drastically different musical well, than this one. Yeah, so and they, Mary Poppins is Mary Poppins. the most popular film, I believe, of Walt's reign with the company. Walt's reign. <laughs> but. Yeah. Yeah. Fun facts with Katie. Fun facts with me. All right. So many of the sets from the movie, including Mary's garden and fountain, the shoe house, the pumpkin house, the trees from the forest. Yikes. They were very scary. Um, were <laughs> reminded me of Snow White. Yes. Right? I agree with you. Did uh, you guys notice that one tree's eyebrows that wouldn't stay above his eye? Yes. <laughs> they kept flopping everywhere. All was- over. It was just this one tree, though. I know. I'm like, just staple it. And the (laughs) one, (laughs) the one had like a tongue, but it never laid flat. It was just always like up. Mm -hmm. Drove me nuts. Just fold the tongue down. Well, you know, special effects back in the 60s. They were wonderful. Um, No excuses. Like I've said in a couple, they did the parent trap. I agree. I agree with you. They could do special effects. And the absent-minded professor. Yeah. Good point. Go ahead. 
So those things were on display at Disneyland in Anaheim from November of 61 through 62 as a walkthrough attraction. So you could could do a little Babes in Toyland walkthrough. Um, This was Annette Funicello's favorite of all of her films. I can see why. I think she got probably the most time. Well, yeah, she was definitely the lead lead here. Yeah, yeah. The toy soldiers also made an appearance in Mary Poppins in the nursery sequence and are favorite features of holiday parades in the Disney parks to this day. Super stoked about that. I love the toy soldiers. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been to the parks at Christmas time, Jeff? I have not. Um, This last, I've always been during spring and summer. We did go to the Halloween party, but in a couple years we plan on going. Yeah, Yeah. do it. The Christmas party and the Christmas parade are, those are good. Right now my daughter's too young. Like we took her to the Halloween party this year, but we didn't even see the fireworks because it was like three hours past her bedtime. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It was hard enough getting her to sit through the parade. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, uh, these toy soldiers are in the parade, and the Disney animator, Bill Justice, made sure that they looked identical to the movie counterparts. And now that I know that, they do. And I had no idea. I just thought, I mean, toy soldiers, that's a Christmassy thing, so why wouldn't they be in a Christmas parade? But, I, again, here's another pull from a very old film mm-hmm. to be that's in the parks. still in the parks today. Yeah, it's still very relevant there. So, I mean, that Meg took me to a Christmas party during her first college program when I was still fairly new to disney i'd only gone maybe two times before and she was like oh my god you have to see the toy soldiers it's my favorite part so like it's always been a favorite of mine i had never gone at christmas until i lived down there for my college program Mm -hmm. so that was like a really cool experience Mm -hmm. but so as meg said this was the first live action musical that the disney studios produced it was as heavily promoted as the other big films but again it was a failure at the box office it was one of the few Disney films to never get a second run in neighborhood theaters or even re-released as so many of them are. So it first appeared on television in two one-hour segments. We know that's a theme mm-hmm. with Disney things. Um, and that was only eight years after its original release. So eight years was usually the amount of time that they would wait to re-release their films theatrically. But they didn't. Um, and as Mike said, they didn't do this again until Mary Poppins, but that was only three years later, so <laughs> clearly it didn't hit them too hard. Like, they always make it sound, like, every fact that I've read about that, they're like, oh, they didn't do it until 1964, like, making it sound like right. it's so far away, and I'm like, they were probably filming, or, like, they were at least writing Mary Poppins at this time. He was working on getting those rights for forever. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know, it just seems, like, silly to word it that way. Mm-hmm. You were right. He always knew he was doing Mary Poppins. Yeah, he knew. Well, for many years. At this point, he knew. Um, And you were right that Mary Poppins did become the most successful film during Walt Disney's lifetime. That is correct. Shout out to Julie Andrews. Mm -hmm. The voice of Sylvester, Jay Goose, is actually the film director, Jack Donahue. That's cool. Mm -hmm. And me and Meg noticed it was really cool that Mother Goose, like, 
that was like a fake hand under the goose, and, and she, she was, was controlling like, the goose's mouth. The goose, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was pretty I, neat. I actually was wondering how it was working during the movie. Yeah, so. I like caught it halfway through. I you could tell like her the, that hand looked a little bit glossy, like yeah. it was painted, <laughs> and I'm like, I think that's a fake hand. And then the more I watched it, I was like, yeah, definitely. But it was really cool. She's puppeteering it. Mm-hmm. That was cool. So that stop motion with the wooden soldier segment that took six months to film is pretty crazy i believe it mm-hmm. little you could tell that they were new to like stop yeah. motion though like it wasn't very fluid it was no nightmare before christmas definitely <laughs> that's for sure so ward kimball popular guy with disney very um just a little a veteran of the disney films he was to direct it originally but he left after falling out with walt so while this happened because while Walt was away, Kimball arranged for Ray Bolger to audition and approve set designs, which were considered Walt's domain. Um, and with along with the studio publicist taking out a trade advert that Kimball was unaware of announcing him as the film's director. So that led to Walt being like, yeah, you tried to go above me and bye. So he fired him. <laughs> I didn't know that Ward Kimball got fired. Mm-mm. Huh. I know. I was like, oh, he's buddies. Yeah. They were for many, many, many <laughs> years. Oh, not then. So to promote the movie, the rap party was scripted and aired on Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color, which had recently been revamped and renamed the Wonderful World of Color on the new network of NBC. And it was filmed in color instead of black and white like the old series. So everything's getting new, all glossy and brand new and shiny for everybody. Uh, the Rat Party episode hosted Annette and Walt themselves, and they explained clips from the movie while introducing the cast. So that's kind of a new, fun thing that we haven't heard before. Annette was, like, Disney darling. <laughs> I mean, like, sh- Walt loved her. So, I don't know, fun fact, if anybody didn't know that. Which, this may be a very unpopular opinion, but I haven't watched her other films. I thought she was very dry in this movie. <laughs> She was okay. I didn't particularly... Yeah, I was, like, waiting I, for something dramatic, and I was like, eh. I mean, she, she didn't do a bad job, no. but she didn't Look, do she, a great job. To me, job. she looked like she was bored to be there. Which is weird, because this was her favorite film she did. Yeah. So, like... That's why, when I saw mission. that, yeah, I'm like, why? You look like you would rather <laughs> be anywhere but on set right now. <laughs> it was more her, like, her singing was more, like, um... There wasn't a lot of emotion in it. Like, it's not that she can't sing, but she didn't really put, like, a lot of inflection in it. And I kind of was just like, I didn't want to listen to her after a little bit because I got bored. Yeah. The song where her and Tom sing, I thought, was extremely boring. I did like the the song about... Yeah. 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 But the song about paying bills, that one was just funny. (laughs) Yeah. But but (laughs) I don't think it was supposed to be funny. (laughs) Right. It was very um, Dumbo-esque. With, like, the black and white, or, like, the black background with the colored, like, shadows dancing around. I was like, this looks like the pink elephants on parade, (laughs) but with Annette Funicello. I was just like, girl, I relate to you too hard in this song. Oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Bills, bills, bills. Shot, shot, shots. (laughs) Is that what you're going for? No, I was was just saying bills. (laughs) So, uh, Annette is not the only original Mouseketeer in this film. We also have Eileen Diamond, but she was uncredited. Cool. (laughs) Yes. 
This was the only Disney-produced film based on a hit Broadway stage musical, and the first Disney musical using mostly songs which had not been specifically written for the film. Though, as Meg pointed out, they did rewrite a lot of the original 1903 version. Uh, David Swift, our buddy director, was slated to write and direct this film at one point, but he left the project because he couldn't come up with a workable script. He was probably writing Taylor Swift's albums or something for the future. He was probably sad that (laughs) Haley Mills wasn't in it. True. That is true. Yeah, why didn't they give Haley Mills the lead in this? (laughs) I don't know. I do know at one point she started doing more with... Um, her dad also directed, so, like, there was a point where she started doing more work with him, like, at other studios than, like, strictly with Walt, so. And there's quite a few films coming up with her in it after this, still, but her later films were not with Disney, they were with other studios. I didn't know that. I do find it interesting, even back then, that Walt Disney finds, or just the Disney company finds their child actors and just keeps them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then once they hit puberty, they release them to the wild, I guess, or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Speaking of. Except they took on uh, Kevin Corcoran's little brother on this one. Yeah. <laughs> we got two little Corcoran brothers. I looked at Meg because he, he made his appearance, and I was like... <laughs> I was like, how does he look younger in this movie? And Meg's like, because <laughs> like, that's his brother. I was like, oh, they look exactly alike. They were pretty similar. Mm-hmm. And speaking of those child stars, of, of the six Disney live action movies that Tommy Kirk and Kevin Corcoran are in, and they're both in this, this is the only one where they don't play brothers. I wondered if this was. Yeah. I was like, wow, it's weird. I know. <laughs> that's not his brother. <laughs> right. So this film grew out of the abandoned Rainbow Road to Oz project that was planned and previewed on Wonderful World of Color, the fourth anniversary show. So in that unmade film, Annette was to have played Princess Ozma, whoever that may be. And when the studio scrapped that project, this is what took its place. Um, he Disney didn't actually make an Oz film until Return of Oz. God help us all when we get to that film. I have never seen it, and I'm going to watch it because I've heard how creepy it is. It's, it's so weird. It's the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> it really like, is. Like, it really is. It's just like, I don't have a word for it other than why and oh. weird. Yeah. It's yeah. really bizarre. All I'll say is, mom, and that's it. <laughs> You'll understand. You'll understand. (laughs) All right. Last fun fact. One of the costliest props was that gigantic toy making machine. That they destroyed. Yes. Designed by Disney's best artists and built by the special effects department. And I don't know why this is in pounds, but it cost a thousand pounds. Where was this filmed? In California? I... And it's really huh. weird because, again, I get a lot of my facts from IMDb, and right. I, I don't know why it's in pounds, but that's weird. not the first time I've seen it like that, so well, I don't know. That's still cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Characters. Characters. So, first up, we have Barnaby, who's played by Ray Bolger, who, as Jeff mentioned, played the Scarecrow in Wizard of Oz. So, he takes on quite a different role in this film. Um... He plays weird villain dude who's, like, actually super creepy for wanting to marry this young woman who's, like, probably half of his age. Uh, and I don't approve. <laughs> <laughs> he made me like, think. 
he made sexual me... predator much yeah. i don't know a little creepy he made me think of every cheesy villain out there i mean yes. down to i'm trying to His like villain song yeah yeah like he makes me think of like his cape wario and waluigi <laughs> oh my god you're right his hair yes okay question was his hair drawn on his face for those curly cues i'm pretty <laughs> sure it was <laughs> i don't know his eyebrows were drawn on so why not like the parts on the side yeah it's like curling into his face pretty well, sure it was eyeliner you, when i was researching ray bolger i also learned that like he had a bunch of creases in his face which are actually from his original scarecrow costume they left them in his face permanently interesting whoa that's crazy that is crazy as i said i learned a lot about ray bolger while i was searching <laughs> You're the, the, the wikipedia rabbit hole mm-hmm. yeah um he but yeah he's quite an interesting character he's just a little odd but Very you can't odd. i can't like hate him because he's just so weird, weird. so he kind of like keeps your attention i don't like him he creeps me out like yeah. a lot yeah but he's just like Like the first scene where he's like up in his house and he pulls out that like telescope thing and he's looking down at mary i'm like why are you creeping on this young woman and you're like an old man up in this tower it was weird i wasn't a fan yeah it was weird and i honestly don't know where to place him he doesn't deserve a house i was kind of thinking ravenclaw he's kind of witty he comes up with plans and he's pretty creative, really. Yeah. Yeah. In a weird way. Sorry, Ravenclaws, you get him. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom Piper. So, Tommy Sands. Hold um, on. Tom Piper, beginning of movie, looked like Fez from that 70s show. Oh, my God. And then by the end of the movie, oh, man, I had somebody in my head. I can't remember. Okay, but he changed? Yeah, he did. Okay. Well, he is, um, he's pretty cunning. I want to claim him for Slytherin (laughs) because he, uh, to come up with a plan with like the whole gypsy thing, like that was pretty cool. That was creative. Well, I guess I don't want to give him in Ravenclaw though. (sighs) Maybe he is Ravenclaw. He could be a raven, a raverin. Or a Slytherclaw. Or a Slitherclaw. Yeah, so he's pretty cunning to do that, but it's also creative to come up with that plan. So it could be, like, both of those things. But he's also, like, super ambitious, though, to come up with the whole plan with the toys at the end. I thought that was pretty ambitious. Yeah, he was a leader. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna take you down with these toy soldiers. Even though it didn't really seem plausible, it worked. Yeah. That whole scene with him as the old woman. It was weird. I, I couldn't, I was like, what's happening? I was like, I know that's Tom, but I, I don't know it's Tom, and <laughs> he's being so odd. Yeah. Well, that was, that was a return to Oz moment for me, for sure. It was a little weird. <laughs> and he yeah. said, like, his breath smelled like bologna or something, I, or salami, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Alrighty, well, Mary. <laughs> Mary, Mary, quite contrary. So... She's also kind of a weird one, I think. She, like, what is her role? Like, who are those kids? Is that explained? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> uh, does she, uh, is it an orphanage? Yeah. Like, do her and Tom run an orphanage? That kind of would make sense, maybe. 
I don't know though because she relies on Tom for most of her wages slash the sheep. So when those two are gone, she's like, well, gotta pack up and go marry Barnaby. So I don't know. I don't know what she does. But maybe he funds the orphanage. I have no idea. She just like exists in Mother Goose land. Hmm. Well, she plays an important role because those kids depend on her. Yeah, somehow, so she's not married or anything, but she has, like, 18 kids. <laughs> and by 18, you mean four. Yeah. Four or five. 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 So. Yeah, I guess Jack and Jill's parents are still alive because they don't live with the other kids. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They're in a different house. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say, though, that she's a Gryffindor because it's pretty brave to go, it's, it's pretty brave to, like, give yourself, give yourself up, basically, just to, like, keep going financially. You're like, no, this is what I have to do. Like, that takes, it takes courage to be able to, like, say, I'm gonna do this for the better of these kids. Yeah. Even though, I don't know if it's something... I would do. I would probably try and come up with another way, but she felt that was her only option, so she just kind of, like, embraced she, it. She, like, to her, she, like, she sacrificed it up and sacrificed for the kids, yeah. Yeah. So I think Gryffindor? I could see that. Yeah. Maybe. That works. Um, Toymaker. Mad Ooh, Hatter toy I maker. love Ed Wynn. Mm-hmm. I love him. He's so goofy. Yeah. It's the best. He's gonna be in Mary Poppins. Yeah. What I like about the toy maker and what I don't like about him at the same time is like he'll he'll like love something that someone else does and then all of a sudden it was like his idea until it goes bad and then it was your idea. That's just the sign of a good boss. <laughs> right. Uh, I think again with him, I'm stuck between Ravenclaw and Slytherin. Purely because really? of again the creativity, but then also like the conniving kind of sly I'm not going to take the blame for this I'm going to put it on you unless it's good then it's on me <laughs> that's kind of a Slytherin trait yeah yeah that sounds about right yeah but he's also super creative yeah I mean, he's a toy maker are you saying Slytherins can't be creative I mean I'm you're definitely Slytherin creative. And you're creative exactly okay he's a Slytherin sorry <laughs> um however Grumio Tommy Kirk, Grumio. This I think he's a Ravenclaw. Really? What would you put him in? I don't know. Go ahead, Jeff. Oh, I would say I would agree with Ravenclaw. He built the machine all on his own. Mm-hmm. And then he built a shrinking ray. And within five minutes, he built the antidote to the shrinking ray. Yep. True. I'm he's glad smart his, cookie. I'm glad his name is in writing because I swear I heard three different names for him. I thought it was Romeo. I thought it was Romeo, and I was like, wait, is, <laughs> wait, it, is it Romeo? Yes, no. I thought the same thing. <laughs> it's Grumio. Like you're grooming yourself. Or Grumio. Or gr- oh, don't put that in the mix. No, I think it's Grumio <laughs> because I heard Romeo multiple times. And then I'm like, am I just hearing it wrong and it's actually Romeo? I know. I actually really but- liked... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I didn't know either until okay. they until I looked up the Wikipedia page. Yeah. yeah. I will say that I really liked Tommy Kirk in this role, though. Like, he got he to... He good. He got to... Not that I... The only one I didn't like him in, and it wasn't because of him, it was his character, was Swiss Family Robinson. I think I said that before. Mm-hmm. But he was fine. But I liked how he kind of got to, like, branch out and be, like, like 
kind of like silly and boisterous and like he did it really well like his excitement kind of role his excitement wasn't overdone yeah it was because that was his character but it didn't seem odd to me it didn't seem like he was overacting yes he it seemed correct yes i really enjoyed him in this one with those silly like like scientific yet harry potter-esque they looked very harry potter yeah yeah that's the first thing i thought of i'm like oh He's Harry Potter. I feel so bad for him, though, because every time he... Well, he didn't mess up the invention. His boss did. He'd be like, go to your room, your stupid inventions. <laughs> what? The poor kid. It's okay. He... You he... just buck up and do another one. I know. All right. I'm going to group together um, the kids. Who are Gonzorgo and Rodrigo? Those are the bad guys. Okay. So we've got Boy Blue, Willie Winky, Bo Peep, and then the twins. Um, I don't necessarily think that I want to sort them just because, like, I don't really think that we get to know their personalities enough, but I think it's important to talk about them. So we have Kevin Corcoran as Boy Blue, and then we see his little brother as Willie Winky. <laughs> I had no idea that was his name. Yeah. Until we opened up our doc, and I was like, who's that? <laughs> and then the kid I, in red. I liked seeing, like... I don't... Oops, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. I, I don't think they call him Willy Winky until... Like, I'm like, okay, I see Bo Peep, I see Little Boy Blue, I don't know where the twins are from. Yeah, I but don't know. But the whole time I'm going, who is that, who is that? And then I think it's during the Toymaker scene, they finally call him Winky, and I'm like, oh, he must be Wee Willy Winky. Yeah. I think that, um, I think it's really neat, like, with the kids more so, I actually understand the concept of, like, all these stories living together. Yeah. So, like, seeing all those kids as these different characters, especially Bo Peep, because she, like, sticks out to me the most, living, like, under Mary Contrary, and, like, they are, um, kind of, not together, but you know what I mean, like, they, like, she must be her caretaker or something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, it was just really cute. I agree. Uh, so, next is Gonzorgo and Rodrigo. Who, <laughs> they needed to trade clothes, <laughs> which I think was the point, but it yeah. was really funny. So, like, you got the the guy who's, like, really big, and he's got this tiny coat and, like, pants that are floods on him. And then you got the <laughs> other guy who's just, like, average normal guy with this huge overcoat and these pants that, like, I would never be able to walk in. I'd be tripping all over the place. It was funny. Is it Gene Sheldon who plays the mute? I believe yes. so. Yeah. So this is his second role as a mute. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. he's also in Zorro, mm-hmm. isn't he? Mm-hmm. Or am I making that up? No. Yeah. Are we sure? Yes. Absolutely. I want to double check. I promise you. And also, Henry Calvin was too. Oh yeah, there he is. As Bernardo. The other guy was too. Yeah, that's right. He played... Oh, yeah. He, he was th- one of the sergeants. Yeah. And then he was the also in Toby Tyler. Yes. Mm-hmm. You are correct. All right. Well, I thought that they were funny, even though they were kind of villainous. They were, like, super comic relief hilarious. Um, and this, the special effects that went on in this Dude. movie really were... Like, there were parts that were iffy, but there were parts that were really good. Like, the whole part where they're talking about the water... And it's just gradually getting deeper. And then all yeah. of a sudden, Rodrigo just, like, falls in. <laughs> we'll this later, but that's what I was going to mention as my favorite scene. Same. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love that scene. It was hilarious. Um, so they were really funny. 
And then lastly, I wanted to bring up Mother Goose because obviously she runs the show here. Right. It's her land. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I said before, like, you can see her one hand is, like, fake. So she's puppeteering the goose. And I just think that that was a really cool concept. I loved how she started the show. Um, and she just basically took us through the story, which I thought was really neat. What's her problem? If this is her land, why is she letting Barnaby be like that? Honestly, she should kick him in the butt. I agree. Let the goose kick him in the butt. I like the goose. He's very outspoken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Favorite scene and character. My favorite scene is going to have to be whenever all of the toys are getting ready for battle and it's all the toy soldiers coming together because it just was like super nostalgic and reminiscent of the Christmas parade at Disney. Like I just, as soon as I saw that, I looked at Kate and I was like, do they look familiar? And she's (laughs) like, oh my gosh, yes, I was going to tell you. I didn't know if you knew that. And um, I just love that part, like seeing them all band together and make sure that Mary doesn't have to marry that creepy dude. So that's good. And then my favorite character, I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go with together Gonzorgo and Rodrigo because their comic relief is just great. They really made me laugh a lot of times. And like they were villains, but they were like stupid villains. Mm -hmm. So like that's why they were funny. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Jeff? Uh, my favorite scene was when Gonzorgo and Rodrigo were reading the note that Tom wrote, <laughs> or supposedly wrote, and the water's just getting deeper and deeper, and I mean, I saw it getting deeper, and I thought it was even funny because Rodrigo would be splashing around, Gonzorgo would get all wet, then it switched, then it switched to a different angle, I'm like, well, he's all dry now. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get all wet again, and then it completely caught me by surprise when Rodrigo just fell in the hole, like, yeah. I don't, I, I knew it was a funny part, but I wasn't expecting it to go that way. Yeah. yeah. And they were also my favorite character, I I don't know. I, as I said, I love Cogsworth. I love the bumbling sidekicks. They're kind of fun. But I will also give a shout out to Sylvester Goose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so that was also my favorite part of the movie. But I'll pick another favorite part of the movie. I like when Grumio is explaining his shrink ray, essentially, to the toy oh, maker. Yeah. And he's like, all right, you shoot it once and it shrinks. But if you shoot it again, like... It goes away. So then the toy maker's like, oh, one poof, not poof poof. (laughs) (laughs) Just made me laugh. And then my favorite characters are also Gonzorgo and Rodrigo just because they were so funny. They were a perfect comical pair. And as Meg said, like, they were dumb villains. So they, I feel like they were even more comical. They were bumbling sidekicks. Yeah. That's just perfect. And they redeem themselves in the end. They're like, we're Mm -hmm. not going to take part of this anymore because we know it's wrong. I don't like it. They're kind of like the Horace and Jasper, but like goofier. Yeah. And Horace and Jasper, like, I don't know if they redeem themselves per se. No, they don't. But they are comic relief, like Horace and Jasper from 101 Dalmatians, in case nobody knows the reference. (laughs) Um, My least favorite character is uh, Barnaby. I mean, he really creeped me out. (laughs) I know that I've, I've really labored on that, but he was just creepy. And then my least favorite scene is probably whenever he's trying to, like, force this marriage. Like, um, 
Don't you know what the word consent is, Barnaby? <laughs> I don't think you do. I no. don't think he does. It made me mad. I'm like, no. Why Why is she not sticking up for herself here? Like, punch him. Something. Deck him. Deck him. That's what I would have done. Uh, my least favorite character is probably going to be an unpopular opinion. I thought Mary Contrary was boring. <laughs> <laughs> As I said earlier, Annette Fanicello did not look like she wanted to be there uh, with all these lively characters, and then it'd go to her scene, and she would just talk in this deadpan voice. <laughs> I can so, see it. I did not, and I l- really liked the movie, but the main character just didn't like the main character. Yeah. Uh, my least favorite segment was hard to pick because i did kind of like the whole so i'm just going to go back onto my least favorite character and the song her and tom sing because i thought was the most boring song in the movie i agree with that yeah that song wasn't the best i like lost interest pretty fast with it um my least favorite character is barnaby just because yeah creep me out dude doesn't know consent um and sometimes he was like a little too weird silly for me like that secondhand embarrassment kind of feeling yeah um i'm like dude you're embarrassing me and i'm not even standing next to you (laughs) (laughs) you're embarrassing me through the tv stop it um am i i'm embarrassed for you yeah pretty much that's yeah that's accurate (laughs) millie's favorite scene is like his song that he sings when he's trying to like swoop in just so creepy it just I, i think what i didn't like about it is it went on forever forever yeah forever yeah and i was ready for it to be over with plus like the tap dancing didn't really like oh i love tap dancing no no no. i love tap dancing but like the sound was off oh and that drove me crazy (laughs) also did anyone think it was weird when they found the children in the force of no return and instead of trying to escape a force of no return they're like oh (laughs) we'll just go to sleep yeah. Yes, he was like, "Oh, we should really spend the night." No, you in, shouldn't in the forest of of no return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be okay. like me saying, "I'm gonna go camp out in the forbidden forest." Peace, right in the heart of it. Bye. I know that there's a werewolf over there, but he'll be fine. <laughs> like what? Well, they didn't believe the kids, and they're like, "These trees, they captured us. They're after us." They're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're tired. Go to sleep." <laughs> well. It's like you're in a world with a talking goose and you can't believe there's talking trees. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and some kid that can jump over a candlestick no matter how high. I Which asked Meg. I would also like to say was one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, that was <laughs> funny. It was funny. I asked Meg, I was like, does he have flubber on his shoes? Probably. <laughs> All right. What we took away from the film. Um, consent. <laughs> a good one (laughs) guys i'm really stuck on this i can't break away from it just consent yeah yep that's all i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) what about you jeff uh i just you know go for what you believe in uh always try to help people i loved how the kids are like oh they're in so much trouble so let's i mean they went to where they weren't supposed to go being called the force of no return but they still wanted to help people out yeah and so i didn't have a takeaway till you said that continuing on that too they like they don't even know this toy maker guy and yet they were like we can help you we'll help you meet your deadline and that was it so i think i said this in a previous episode but just help people out even though it's not a direct benefit to you Mm -hmm. just do it to be a good person just be a good person yeah this holiday season always and always (laughs) 
Yes. Let Podmas shine through you. And since this is Babes in Toyland, I just want to say that if anybody is in the mall and they come across a Toys for Tots bin somewhere, I will say shout out to the Disney store. They had a Toys for Tots event when we were at the mall the other day with like a Marine and everything. And just buy a toy and donate it. Yeah, we bought like a $10 $10 doll. I bought a Beast beast. doll because I was like, a lot of people are going to buy girl stuff at the Disney store. So I'm going to go with the Beast, get something for a little boy, put it in the bin. It was $10. I felt good doing it. It's the Christmas season. You should donate to Toys for Tots because it's probably my favorite uh, organization to donate to during the holidays. And I will say from personal experience that they do a phenomenal job at making a kid's Christmas something special. Yeah. So don't think that, like, that it doesn't go anywhere or anything like that. They It it really makes a difference. And they do a really good job with pairing up the gifts with the kids and everything, mm-hmm. and they really do do a lot of work and put a lot of work into that. So um, if you do donate to Toys for Tots, just know that your donation will be well-received and loved and... It'll be good. Mm-hmm. I will say that we donated that toy, and it was like, I mean, there were some toys in there, and then we maybe left for a half hour, and we're walking back, like, towards our car, and it was overflowing. I know. It, it made, made me, me so, happy. so happy. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of Disney plushes in there. It was cute. Little things in life, guys. Little things. <sighs> All right. Well, thank you, Jeff, for joining us. It was fun. I gotta know. Yes. First podcasting experience. You said you always wanted to do it. Good, bad, in between. I loved it. All right. I can't wait to be back. Yes. Oh, but you're I don't welcome think back. I'm on it till the '90s. So if you ever want, if you need a guest, just let me know. Yeah, check out that list. There's some stuff available coming up. So. I think my next movie is Super Mario Brothers. Oh, that's oh, a fun man. one. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? No, it's I haven't. horrible. <laughs> it is, but it's like so good. <laughs> It's so bad. It's good. I'm a yes. Nintendo fanboy. Mm-hmm. I have everything Nintendo, and I can't stand that movie. But I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> I see your Zelda poster in the background. Yes. So. You? Yeah. Well, if, if I can just... <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Lots of posters. Oh, yes. Love yes. it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah, we super appreciate you. Um sifting your way through this odd movie with us yeah odd but i kind of liked it overall so i didn't i didn't hate it i did not like it or anything it was just i I will always say that was a weird one (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah all right so grown-up kids can be found on podbean itunes the google play store stitcher tune in and spotify so make sure you subscribe so you can be sure to get our latest episode as soon as it's available you can also find us on social media on Facebook at Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast, and Instagram at Grown Up Kids Pod. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Grown Up Kids Pod and look for a revamp of our Patreon in January. If you head on over to our Facebook discussion group, I've also posted a document in the group of the whole list of movies that we have that we're going to be watching along with availability to be on the show. It is currently up to date, so check it out. Make sure that you comment, email, or message us with what movies you're interested in joining us on, and I'll put you on the list. Thank you so much for listening, and make sure to watch Moon Pilot ahead of tomorrow's Podmas episode. 
And don't forget, adults are only kids grown up anyway. All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.